Hi, and welcome to the research room, a space to make research by the people for the people. And today uh, we are going to jump back into our um, falsifiable Fridays. That's <laughs> lagged on the name there, but falsifiable Fridays. Um, and so, um, what I'm going to talk about today, uh, I'm going to continue on with habits. This is going to be the last in the series for this month. And so, um, what I want to do is talk about something that I think is, um, I mean, a pretty widespread, uh, like occurrence these days, right? And that's the use of social media and how that might relate or not relate to habits. <laughs> and so, um, usually I might like start with, uh, something along the lines of like, why, why is this important? Like, why, why am I talking about social media? Why am I talking about habits? Um, and honestly, like, I don't think I need to, um, I think that most people, uh, I mean, obviously if you're here, like you <laughs> can use social media, you know, um, uh, the basics of like navigating it at the very least. Um, so if you have made it here, I think that you probably have experience with social media and that um, you probably have your own thoughts about it, right? You know how important or not important it is in your life. And that's kind of the point um, here is that for some people, it is more important. And you probably know people that uh, that have that kind of idea. Maybe that's you, maybe that's not you. Um, but I think more important than what I'm about to be saying about this research is um, how do you think it actually applies to your life? How do you think it applies to other people's lives? Um, do you agree with some of the things that I'm saying? That's uh, I, I would say that's actually the most important thing is, I mean, is this actually something that you can observe in your own life. Um, so <clears throat> I am going to be talking about um, Facebook in particular. Uh, and I, um, I'm going to be making uh, a point about this, um, that everything that I say for today, uh, at least, is dealing with Facebook use. Um, does it apply to other social media use? We'll see. But um, for today, I, I am going to be focusing on Facebook specific, uh, specifically. And I, I guess I will also say, like, there is maybe a potential trigger warning here of, like, I'm going to be talking about addiction-like symptoms. Um, and so, I mean, that that can be a very triggering sort of thing, right, to, like, have to think about addiction, um, how maybe it's been... Um, uh, something that you've had to deal with or maybe someone close to you has had to deal with or whatever, right? Like for whatever reason, like if this is going to be um, hard to get through because of that, like I completely understand that. Um, however, I will also say that like, I think that uh, through talking through this, um, you might have some ideas on like what you can do about these addiction-like symptoms. So um onto the actual paper. Uh, so there are two different things here um, that I think are like really cool about this paper. One is that it is showing what can um, predict addiction-like behaviors. And I'll, I'll say very, uh, uh, very quickly what I mean by that. Um, and then there's another that is going to be um, what doesn't relate to this these addiction-like symptoms. And so uh, addiction-like symptoms, um, when I say that, um, I say that for two different reasons. Um, one is that 
uh, it's not actually addiction. Um, it is addiction would have to be something that is actually like clinically diagnosed. There's um, all sorts of other like diagnostic criteria that go on with that. Um, and then uh, there's there's all these other like things that relate to that, right? Like things that look like it, but I mean, I wouldn't feel comfortable saying that like you actually have this addiction or not. <clears throat> there is nothing um, in the current like diagnostic manual that talks about social media addiction, um, though potentially that is something that is being developed. Um, so there's no actual like criteria there for it to be a clinical diagnosis just yet. Um, but all these things that we see with people um, very closely relate to things that people that do have addictions um, end up feeling. So that can be stuff about like, if you, if you feel like you have started to do something and all of a sudden, like your whole day has passed and you have neglected um, a whole bunch of like, of your other like things that you need to do, maybe that could be like social gatherings. Maybe that could be like just other work that you need to do. Right. Um, these are signs of that you potentially have an addiction. And so we will call that here addiction like symptoms. Um, other things that go on with that would be like, if you feel like emotionally, like you're just kind of like stressed um, because of you engaging in something um, that is going to be an addiction like symptom as well. Um, so uh, what, what actually does predict this? What doesn't predict this? Um, so I will say most things actually don't predict this uh, and things that we would have thought would have predicted it don't. Um, so the one thing that ended up predicting addiction-like symptoms is this thing called obsessive passions. <clears throat> and so that doesn't sound all too bad. I mean, half of it doesn't sound all too bad, right? Like passion, that's not all too bad of a thing. Um, but the obsessive part, like, oh, like, <laughs> why is that happening, right? Um, so obsessive passion um this is going to be contrasted with harmonious passion so um if you think about any kind of passion right like this is something that like you you want to be doing right like you feel genuinely like good or happy that you're doing it you feel good at least in the moment um, that you're doing it you want to pursue it you are motivated to pursue it um it becomes this obsessive passion when um all of a sudden uh you feel like after you've stopped you feel guilty um because you have obsessed over it and it, i mean it sounds a lot like this idea of uh, addiction like symptoms already um because you are feeling a certain way a certain negative way um after engaging in in whatever passion that it is in this case the passion is facebook use um so then uh, i guess the other thing that goes on with this is that you don't feel like you have any kind of control over it like you you might start doing it all of a sudden and you didn't actually mean to um you might even like be in the middle of it and feel like you can't actually stop like there's something that's just so compelling about it that like you just keep going that's that um obsessive passive uh passion sort of thing and that ends up relating to addiction like symptoms makes sense i mean they almost sound like the exact same thing i would hope <laughs> that it does predict um but I guess on the flip side is that like there's so many other things that like sound like the opposite that don't actually end up predicting um, addiction like symptoms for Facebook use. So biggest one would be the contrast of harmonious passion. Uh, in this case, harmonious passion, that just means that um, 
it's again all those great things about passion that you have this motivation and that you're you wanting you're wanting to do it that you might feel good in the moment but then the other thing is that once you stop you don't feel bad you feel like oh like i that was an appropriate thing that i just did i got something from that you might also feel like if i wanted to stop i could stop at any moment um, if someone is calling me like i can stop i can put this away i can come back to it and i will feel just as happy uh, right versus someone who might be a bit higher on obsessive passion and they end up um, feeling like no like they're they're gonna like shut you down whoever is calling your name like go away i can do this later right um, I, I can deal with you later i'm gonna be on facebook right now so um, that doesn't actually relate to um, this idea of addiction-like symptoms. Um, you would think that the more harmonious passion you have, maybe the less um, addiction-like symptoms you have. Not necessarily the case. Um, there are going to be people that <clears throat> have this harmonious passion, and, and that is the case, that they um, end up feeling less addiction-like symptoms. There are still people that have... Um, uh, a, a harmonious passion and end up having those addiction-like symptoms as well. The only thing is that we can't say that it's a reliable finding. We can't say that it's going to go one way or the other. There are probably other things that are in the middle of that. Maybe other like personality characteristics um, of someone who has a harmonious passion that might end up leading to um, these addiction-like symptoms. What are some of these other things, right? Um, so this research doesn't actually like test like that like complicated sort of thing that like, oh, if you're harmonious and also have these other things, then maybe you are less likely. Um, it doesn't go that uh, into that much detail. This is kind of like the first pass, this sort of like idea. So other things that could potentially relate to um, addiction-like symptoms um, that um, are also actually tested in this uh, paper, <clears throat> there is the idea of self-control. That also makes sense. If you have more self-control, why wouldn't you have um, less uh, addiction-like symptoms? That's actually not the case. Um, there are people that have self-control. There are people who don't have self-control. And both of them could potentially have addiction-like symptoms. Um, <clears throat> it does end up relating to something else. And I'll, I'll delve into that just a little bit as well. Um, other things, though. Um, so simply having the habit of using Facebook, uh, and I mean, we've talked about habits this whole month, um, this idea that like, I mean, you, you kind of unconsciously are starting to do something just because like you're in that environment. Um, simply having that habit um, doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to have addiction-like symptoms. Some do, some don't. Same thing goes for if you are just like, um, literally using Facebook more often, you're not necessarily going to develop um, addiction-like symptoms. They don't necessarily go hand in hand. So there's these uh, three big things um, that don't end up relating, or four big things, sorry, that don't end up relating. The only thing, like I said, was this obsessive passion. Cool. Okay. So I'm going to, I'm going to kind of leave that there because this information is also out and some of the other content that I have. Um, what I want to do is really start to question some of these findings. To what extent do we believe them? To what extent can we make conclusions based off of this, um, knowing this information, right? So um, what I want to do is uh, I'll have three questions here. Our three main questions, they might spring up other questions, but three main questions here. And I mean, feel free to also like 
think of them yourself, right? Like they're just because I have these three, it doesn't mean that there aren't other questions. There's plenty of questions. Um, I just wanted to focus on some of the biggest ones that came up in my mind while I was reading this work. Um, and also like trying to share this with people. Um, well, I don't want to be misleading <laughs> about this work, right? So some of the things that came up in my mind is this first question uh, about like, does obsessive passion actually lead to addiction-like symptoms? And why don't we actually know that? Um, I would say like, we don't know, right? We don't know from this research if obsessive passion actually leads to um, the addiction-like symptoms. We just know that they happen hand in hand. We know that it can predict if you, if you knew that somebody had an obsessive passion, you could predict with some uh, confidence that they likely also are higher on addiction-like symptoms. But that doesn't mean that it leads to addiction-like symptoms. We don't know the actual order here. Maybe they just happened to be someone who had addiction-like symptoms already. And then that ended up leading them to having this obsessive passion. And then it kind of becomes this like, cycle right um there's other things there's plenty of other things that could happen um with other things like in their uh, surroundings or their environment or other people that they're with um could that could be um leading to these addiction-like symptoms rather than um just obsessive passion and it, it just so happens that they also are obsessively pass uh passionate about something so what's happening here uh, in the research this is called a cross-sectional study um, that just means that everything was measured at the same time. We don't know the timing at which things happen. And for us to really very concretely know um, the, like, uh, the ordering of things, um, if one thing leads to another, we have to know the timing of that as well. And so that just means, did obsessive passion happen first or did addiction-like symptoms happen first? And we don't have that answer. So <clears throat> what we could do, is um, there are two different ways. Uh, one would be like an experiment. And in an experiment, you are trying to actually manipulate one of the variables to see if uh, when once you manipulate that variable, do the consequences differ? So in this case, you might want to manipulate the variable of obsessive passion. And if you, let's say uh, our goal is to increase obsessive passion, our hypothesis, we would guess that um, addictive um, addiction-like symptoms end up increasing. Um, we don't know if that's the case, but we would have to run that study, that experiment, to then see if that's the case. Uh, so that's that's one way. Um, I would also say that's probably not going to happen um, because uh, I think it's kind of unethical. I mean, hopefully it doesn't happen that you are just trying to increase obsessive passions. I guess potentially you could try to decrease obsessive passions and then see if that ends up um, increasing uh, or decreasing uh, addiction-like symptoms. But definitely in the way of <laughs> increasing it, like I hope no one ever does that study. Like that doesn't seem like a good idea to make someone obsessed with something. Um, that seems unethical. So um, that would be one way, right? Um, you Potentially that study could be done, right? Like it absolutely could be done and we would get an answer. But instead of that, if we don't want to like actually cause harm to people, right? Um, we might want to do something called a perspective study. And so <clears throat> here, um, and, and, and this could also potentially just be like a time series study um, or intensive longitudinal study. There's a few different names that this could potentially go by um, and with slightly different like things that happen. But the basic thing is that we want to see at 
at some time point in the beginning, right? So like, let's say in January of this year, we measure everyone and then we measure everyone again in March and then again in June. Um, we'll see across time, the people that were naturally having these obsessive passions, are they also the people that naturally end up developing addiction-like symptoms? Um, or does it happen in the reverse way or whatever, right? Um, that way we can kind of get, get a sense of um, these two things, yes, they happen at the same time, but also someone who was already having these things in January, that ended up predicting how they were in June. And so we would want to like try to rule out a whole bunch of other things um, at the same time. But that kind of gets us to this idea of like, oh, uh, it's actually this causal sort of relationship. It's not just that they happen to be happening at the same time, but someone had to have obsessive passion first. So that's, that's uh, potentially a very like confusing thing, right? Um, like, and why am I talking about all this, right? Um, it's super important to know if something is causal or if they just happen to be co-occurring we have to make different claims based off of that not just like in the science like kind of realm but like just in real life right like if you think that two things are happening at the same time versus if you think that if i do something it's going to cause some other consequence we're going to be relating to these things in very different ways and so it's um it's it's useful for us to know is this actually something that is a causal relationship or not um, so that is my first big question. Um, I'm not going to spend as much time on the rest of them. Um, but, and also I, I will say that like, I'm going to come back to this idea like over and over and over again, because it's so important and it's hard to wrap our heads around because it's so, we, we so naturally start to make, um, like assumptions and we so, so naturally start to make like rationalizations for these things that occur. Of course, we're going to start to think that like, uh, like, it just makes more sense that um, obsessive passions have to happen first, but not necessarily. Um, so um, yeah, I'll go ahead and leave that there. Um, it's, it's a tough idea to completely wrap your head around. Um, if, you, if you already have, great. Um, but I'm going to be coming back to this in uh, future podcast episodes. So if not, that's completely okay. We'll continue this in different topics as well. Um, the next thing is that, um, so I've been saying that this is all for Facebook use. That is true. Um, we at least know on average, this is what happens in Facebook users. Um, I, I think the natural thing would be uh, to then question, does this happen for other social media platforms? And again, we don't know. Um, I can have some guesses, um, but I guess I will also say that um, potentially you might see an article uh, that just says um, uh, says something that like uh, isn't actually something that can be concluded by the research. So let's say mass media, uh, if they produce an article, uh, and, and I'll say usually they're okay with this, um, but sometimes they they really want to like pump up the story, right? And that's that's fair. That's how they make money. Um, I mean, it's fair in that kind of way. It's super unfair for the rest of society that like reads that and then starts to believe things that they shouldn't be believing. But um, let's say you came across this article that says uh, something like, your obsessions are causing social media addiction. On its face, maybe, right? Like that is all potentially true. There is no research that actually shows that though. Um, and especially not this article that I, I am talking about. 
um, there are a few different layers of things that are wrong here. So one is that they're saying that obsessions cause social media addiction. This is very related to the first point um, where I spent a lot of time on it is that that's not true. It's not to say that it can't be true. <clears throat> it's just saying that it is not actually the case and it's not a conclusion that we can base from the research that we read. So your obsessions are potentially causing social media addiction, but like even that's like sort of misleading and that's not like what we're trying to say here. We're just saying that obsession, uh, obsessions, and it's particularly obsession, uh, sorry, this is very hard to say this over and over again. Um, obsessive passion, um, that ends up um, just happening at the same time. That, that's really all that we can say here. Um, so that is uh, one idea. Um, another idea is that they say social media generally. We don't know that. We don't know if this happens for Instagram users. We don't know if this happens for TikTok users. We don't know if this happens for Twitter users. We don't know if this happens for YouTube users, right? Like so on and so forth. Um, all of these, I mean, as similar as they might be, they are very different um, platforms and the ways by which people might end up being uh, like experiencing these addiction-like symptoms might be very different. Um, it might also be a general principle that you can actually apply across platforms. We don't know. Could be true, could not be true. <clears throat> could also just depend on a bunch of other things. We don't know based off this article though. Um, then they say in this made up um, headline is that it's, it's causing addiction, right? And again, uh, for the reasons that I mentioned at the beginning of this episode is that it's not actually addiction. We don't know if this is an addiction or not. Um, there has to be more that goes into that kind of like line of research and thinking uh, on whether or not this is an addiction or if this is just addiction-like, right? And so that's another like big distinction, right? Like if someone says uh, you are depressed versus like, oh, you have symptoms that um, look like depression, like that is, that's a very different thing. Um, and we don't want to just like start like, saying these kinds of things uh, so mindlessly, right? Um, so, I mean, my guess is, yeah, it probably does um, happen across different platforms, but like, again, uh, we don't have actual evidence to say that. And I mean, everything here has to have evidence um, for us to make these claims. Um, we can logically say some things, but it remains to be seen. Okay. And then I guess the last thing I'll say is, um, can we actually stop these addiction-like symptoms? And there's nothing in this research that says yes or no. Um, so I'll start there. <laughs> but the other thing is that this does, this research does um, show one potential route. And so we would need to do many other studies before we can actually say yes or no to this question. But the one thing that it does say is that so, okay, so self-control doesn't actually relate to addiction-like symptoms. Fair enough, right? My kind of thinking on this is that self-control by itself, it might be a little bit too late. Like if you are already experiencing symptoms, then it's very hard to just like somehow self-control will yourself out of that situation. Like it's a little too late, right? You want to do something before that, before you ever even have those addiction-like symptoms. And so if we keep thinking about this idea of like, okay, if you develop the uh, an obsessive passion, 
then that might lead you to addiction-like symptoms. Then we can do something about those obsessive passions in the first place. And we can, we can stop those, hopefully. And one way might be through self-control. And that's what this research also shows is that um, at the very least, some people that have more self-control, they're much less likely to have um, an obsessive passion. And they're also more likely to have an, a harmonious passion cool right um so that that like helps this process in two different ways it's it's uh, stopping that potentially negative relationship it's also possibly increasing um a positive relationship and so uh, i will reiterate before i go any further we don't actually know uh, if any of that is the case these are all just thoughts but at least from this research, we can start to piece together uh, some of the things that we'll need to do in the future, which is we can increase self-control and see do people that have more self-control actually end up having different types of passion? Um, do they have different uh, levels of obsessive versus harmonious passion? And then see later, does that also then re relate to um, something like addiction-like symptoms? Do they end up having less because of that? Maybe. <laughs> And so um, I'll leave it there. I'll leave it there in that very gray area, um, kind of like all of this, right? All of this is to show that like a lot of research doesn't necessarily have the answers. Um, they have potential answers. And as we continue doing research, we might get to some very strong conclusions. But a lot of things are so dependent on so many other things. And even if not that, we just literally don't have enough research to say yes or no just yet. And that's okay. Um, we are allowed to take information and apply them to our lives anyway. And we should. Um, we are probably thinking about this stuff anyway, uh, to some degree, right? So at least we have a little bit more of a backing to be able to do that. And we, we can see that here. So I'll go ahead and that uh, for today. Um, I'm, of course, going to be continuing this uh, in the rest of my podcast episodes, <clears throat> but that's going to be the end for habits at the very least. Um, so next week, I'm going to be talking more about empathy. And instead of uh, habits, I want to go through all the different things that go on with empathy for a whole month. Um, and there's so much that, that's there. I think it might also help uh, tie in with like, I don't know, if you, if you think about like your relationships and like your Valentine's and things like that, that's coming up. Um, I, I hope that uh, some of this empathy, empathy talk will, will help <laughs> and not hurt. Um, so until then, um, feel free to check out our website, roomforresearch.com, or you can check everything else out on social media, um, which is um, at Room for Research. And uh, until then, like now. With the sun.